Morning, church. Happy to be here? I am. I'm happy. I'm going to preach to you today um, from a place of compassion. That's something that I, I, didn't, I didn't have. I don't know if I had it for so many years. I had, I had the picture in my head back there of saying, do I look like I smell like fish? Sounds crazy, but I don't smell like fish. My clothes are not bombao or anything like that. I didn't cook fish. But when you've been a big fish for so long because of disobedience, and the Lord calls you to be spit out, there's no choice but to have compassion over the same people that are going through the same things I went through. So I come to you today out of compassion. Be going through the situations that you maybe have gone through or going through now, going to a place where I ran from God because I was angry, angry at people, angry at things that happened to me. So I'm going to speak to you from that place today, that place of victory. Amen? So let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your church, Lord God. I thank you for this year of 2018, Father God. I thank you you're going to shine the light in the dark areas, Father God. I thank you you're going to set people free. I thank you you're going to promote and bless us, Father God, and increase us. I thank you that this will be a wonderful year, Lord, despite the turmoil and the storms and the Everything that comes our way, Lord God, I thank you, Father God, that this year will end in just amazing victory, Father God. So, Father, deal with our hearts, deal with our minds, deal with our insecurities, deal with our anxieties and worries, Father God. And, Father, have your way with Sanctuary Fellowship today in the name of Jesus. Amen. One thing I learned about when I was talking about um, compassion, when God showed compassion to me through my hard times and my frustrations, and all my mistakes, one of, the one, things that, one of the things I really needed in that time was forgiveness. God forgave me. But what happens when you so many times do bad things to people or hurt people, and now you're expecting them to see you in the way God sees you, but they don't see you like that? And you're asking forgiveness, but they're waiting for you to set up for failure. They're waiting. Oh, it's Matt Bright, sorry. Waiting for you to make mistakes. And you live under that condemnation. You want to be free. You want to move forward. You want people to see you the way God sees you. But there's been so much damage and so much hurt that you have done. I believe today that God is going to set you free and set those people free that hold you to those grudges. And hold you to those bonds and hold you to those frustrations and say, you'll always be this. You're always this. You'll never change. I believe today God wants to take us into a direction in our lives. And he sees there's something, there's something that has come up to him. Through all the love and the amazing, overwhelming love he has for us, that reckless love, God said, there's a scent coming to me that it doesn't smell right. It almost smells like fish. But God said, I want to deal with that today so I can set you free and bring you into the destination that I have for you. Amen? So let's turn to Jonah 1. Obviously, you know I was talking about fish. I was talking about Jonah. I was so amazed by this story because you read the story in Sunday school. You read about how he got he ate my fish and then he, the boat fell and then he went back to, the, to Nineveh. And he spoke to Nineveh and he spoke to good things. But there was a reason why Jonah ran. He, the reason why he ran from, the, from, the, from that calling and where he ended up in the end of um, the book of Jonah, right? So this is Jonah 1. I don't know if it's going to be up there. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amidia, whatever it says. Go to the grace... <laughs> I told you I had a GED, man. Come on. 
I used to ask my kids, how do you spell that? Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away for the, uh, from the Lord and headed to Tar- Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee the, the Lord. So like I said, the Lord told him to go to, go to Tarshish and go to Nineveh and preach against Nineveh for what they had done. And he said no. Now, when I read that years ago, you know, I grew up in church, so I always read this scripture. I was like, oh, he was scared. He was scared of Nineveh. He was scared how bad it was. But after reading that as an adult and wisdom, I said he was not scared of Nineveh at all. There's a whole other reason why he ran. I want you to turn to Jonah 4, because I'll fill in the blanks in the middle. But turn to Jonah 4. This is the last chapter in Jonah. It explains why he ran. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This, w- this is what I tried to for- forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abundant, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. Tors- tar- um, Jonah didn't want them to be free. He knew that God was about to set them free when he brings that message. And he, he didn't like them at all. He did not like him, them. So he'd rather run from, from, from that, that calling and see them be destroyed than to bring the message that would bring deliverance. In, this is verse 4 from, um, from Jonah 4. He says, but the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah simply did not unlike the Assyrians. And wanting them to be destroyed, whether he was there or not, he tried to put, up, put as much distance between them as possible by going to Tarshish. But God was with Jonah wherever he, sh- wherever he went and showed him mercy and grace. But Jonah didn't want the same mercy and grace to, to sh- be shown to Nineveh, so he ran. Okay, here's my question for you today. Who's your Nineveh? Why are we acting like Jonah? If we've been shown compassion and mercy in our dark time, like Jonah was, when Jonah was on the ship and everything was going crazy and the ship was going to collapse, they went to him and it was like, can you pray? What is the reason for this? Why is this happening? And he said, it was because of me. Because of me, because of the God I serve, the God of the sea and the land, if you toss me into the, into the ocean, the, the, the storm will stop. And all this calamity would cease. And he, they did that to him. And in that time, he was in the belly of a fish, calling out to the Lord for three days and repenting and asking God to forgive him for what he has done. He went on to go to uh, Nineveh, preach the message. And in preaching the message, the whole city of 120,000 people were spared. They put sackcloth and ashes, and they began to uh, uh, fast and ask God to change them. Jonah knew this all along. But he was angry with them because Assyria had beef with Israel. And because of the things they did, he didn't want to see them be blessed. So again, I say today, what is your Nineveh? Who has hurt you? Who has disappointed you? Who has broken your heart? I'm going to talk from a perspective of the world, being compassionate and loving to the world and seeing that they need a Jesus just like we did. But I also want to bring that to the church. There is a, we, we as a body of Christ in the church must also show that compassion and love that God has shown to us.
I was the kind of person that I was always, like, you did me wrong. I was like, I, 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 my wife says it all the time, you know, like, oh, but you can't, you can't, what do you say, the baby? You can't throw the water, the bath out with the baby out with the bath? I don't know if you know what that means, but if you're going to throw the dirty water out, don't throw the baby out too. Because there are good people that love God and, and they do the work of the Lord, but sometimes we make mistakes. But the same compassion that God has shown to us in mercy and grace, a lot of times we don't see that for our brothers and sisters in Christ. See, I believe God is going about to do something in our, in our church and in our, in our families and our lives. He's about to do a breakthrough despite our nonsense, despite our frustrations, despite our insecurities, despite our beef with each other. He wants to do something. But he doesn't want us to be like Jonah in the end of everything. When he's finished deliverance and blessing and stuff like that, we're sitting angry and saying, why does she get that? I knew you are going to do that, Lord. I knew if I would have forgave that person, they would have served you. Is that our hearts? A lot of times it's not. A lot of times we want to see people set free. We want to see people blessed. We want to see them, but don't, don't, I ain't doing it. I'm going to be like Jonah a lot of times. I'm not saying I'm going to be like Jonah, but this is the scenario that we would put as far as distance from each other as possible. So I could be in the same place, the same home living with you. I could be in the same church, but you're over there and I'm over here. As long as you stay over there, I'm good. But God wants to show mercy to that person. I'm not saying you have to be best friends with people. I, I, this is a, a good rebuke, okay? No, no. This is for me as well, amen? God doesn't want us to be so divided from each other, so far apart, that there's no breakthrough in everything. There's no unity and there's no love. The enemy wants to separate us so much so that when we come to God and ask him, there'll always be like a kind of like a, a little niche that will mess things up, a little stumbling block. So I can't be happy for you when God does something great for you because I expected the worst from you. I speak from experience and in my sense of doing that to people and being done to me. Where I got to a place where I'm like, Lord, how long am I going to be in the belly of this fish? How long I have to say sorry for the things I've done wrong? Sometimes as Christians, we feel like, oh, you must deal with the consequences of your actions. So even though you, you, God has forgiven you and you, you made things right, you still got to suffer. I, I don't agree with that. I'm not saying there's consequences like you commit a crime or something like that. Yeah, you're going to jail, but you can praise God in jail. Amen? And you hope that God cuts the sentence short. Amen? But what I'm saying is that how can I be, God be so merciful to me? Like with songs that we were singing today, how can he have that reckless love for me? That chased me down and broke walls even though I was disobedient. Even though I didn't care. Even though I was angry with people. You get like that sometimes when somebody's so good and nice and they say one little thing and next thing you know, you're like, oh, they're, they're wrong. They're false. I'm probably sure I say a lot of crazy things up here. And you're probably like, this guy is crazy. Wait till I give you my word for the year. You're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> I told George about that. But anyway, I want to read a scripture to you. Because I want to let you know that God, his presence follows you wherever you go. You can't run from it. You can't run from his love. You can't run from his understanding of what you're going through. But like I said before, it's, there's, there's something. Just like he told about Nineveh, it has came to me what's going on with them. But God had all intention to change everything for us. And our stuff has come to God. But God said, I have all intention through my love and mercy and grace to change everything for sanctuary fellowship. It's needed for the next stage where we're going. God's about to do breakthrough. I know you hear that a lot of times. I've been, I, me and my wife talk about this all the time. How 
I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. But I cannot run from the fact that God's about to do something. And I asked God, I said, Lord, if, if you're going to do something, do something in me first. Because I don't want to be a stumbling block for you guys. I don't want to be up here and causing a hindrance. I don't want to see you. When I walk, walk, walk in hour, we see in the street and I become a... This guy, oh, there. There you go. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I don't want to become a hindrance to nobody. So I asked the Lord, Lord, just fill me with compassion. Not, God gives you wisdom. You know, some people are afraid. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us don't keep that, that distance from Nineveh. Because Nineveh, is, you could fill in the blank for Nineveh, right? Keep our distance from Nineveh. I'm afraid if I forgive that person, if I do this, will that person hurt me again? Will that person do the same thing again? Maybe. But you can have wisdom in everything you do. I can have compassion, forgiveness, understanding, grace for somebody, but I have wisdom with it. So if I know if you push me in the train tracks, which I did that one time to a kid. You believe that? When I was young? Yes, I did. <laughs> Can I tell you that real quick story, how foolish I was? This kid thought he was cool, so he was like, um, we used to be on Hunts Point, and this is crazy. Don't do this, please, children, don't do this. And Hunts Point, we used to go from the middle, from the, the local side train, the uptown side, and run full speed and jump to the other side of the, uh, to the thing, which I could do that at one point. I can't do that now. But we used to do that. I had a friend that he didn't want to do that, but he thought he was cool by sitting on the, on the, on the, the ledge with his feet dangling. So, oh, my God, forgive me. See, God is merciful, right? I hope you don't know this kid because he comes to kill me or something. <laughs> you don't ever know. So I was joking. He thought he was cool, and I thought I was cool. I was like, oh, you think you're cool? Boop. And I pushed him in the tracks. Thank God at Hunts Point, the train at the time will come slow when it makes a turn in. And, it, we were, and I had the nerve after that. I'm just telling you how wicked people could be. I, could, I, I was. And I don't know why I'm telling this story. Jesus, help me. Maybe you're pushing, thinking about pushing somebody in the tracks or something. So the train comes, and the train stops. So everybody sees them. So everybody's trying to help him out. You know what I'm doing this whole time? You think I ran away? I was telling him, run, run, the train is coming. Run, run. He was crying. Like, you know, seeing this movie, um, Stand By Me, a little boy, chubby boy is running thing. He's running like that. And I went home. <laughs> my mother said, we're going to a friend's house. I went to my, the, the friend's house. <laughs> he was there. So he's there. Remember mommy Sandy, your friend Sandy? So they told me, oh, my God, my nephew, somebody put him in the tracks. And all that, blah, blah. And he came in. And I looked at him. He was like, I said, what happened? Somebody pushed you in the tracks? He was like, yeah, I don't know who did it. I was like, you better now. <laughs> I'm telling you, crazy, right? But you see the foolish things that we do. And sometimes we, say, we feel like, personally, to ourselves and to others, we feel like you don't deserve mercy. For what you have done. We look at the news, all the crazy stuff. Those people don't deserve mercy. Lord, punish them. Make them suffer. Why? What if a word from us under the anointing of the mercy and the compassion and grace of God will change that person? How can we limit God to what he's about to do? This year, I don't want to limit God. I don't want our church to limit God what he's going to do because of our unforgiveness and our anger towards others. I want to read Matthew 18. Verses 18 to 20. It says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. 
Again, truly I tell you that if two of, two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, I will, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I, there I am in, with them. If you see the enemy, okay, that's something else I was writing. I'm pretty good. There's a unity that God wants to do with us. That when we come into agreement with each other, that what we ask of God, he will do. I don't know what you're asking God for. I don't know if it's about sicknesses. I don't know if it's about deliverance. I don't know if it's about opening. You know, I believe, I'm going to tell you something right now. The reason why I believe that God's going to do for me what I ask is because so many people agree with me. There's power in unity and in agreement with each other. And when I ask God, Lord, I'm asking for this, and I share that with people, and they be like, I believe in it. And sometimes I'm like down and down, like, yo, I'm believing for that thing you asked for. I'm believing for that thing you asked for. I was like, you're going to do it, Lord, because you said two and two come together, Lord. Can you imagine if one puts 1,000 to flight, two could put 10,000 to flight, what we can do as a body if we're unified? God wants unity among the body, not just in ideas and in thoughts, but in spirit. Where we come to agreement, where there'll be no, no more confusion or calamity. You know what they did where when Jonah was on the boat and um, the storm was coming. Do you remember the story when Jesus was sleeping on the boat in the bottom and the people were worried and said, oh, why are you little faith? Well, check out what this guy was doing. This guy was knocked out on the bottom of the boat. And the captain had to come down to him and he says, how can you sleep? Pray to your God to stop this calamity, what's going on. Jonah was so disconnected from what, what God was calling to do, that he can sleep in a storm, knowing that the ship was about to go down. I say to you today and to myself, how can we sleep knowing there's things going around us that are not supposed to be? How can we sleep knowing there's a world or there's people in our jobs and neighbors that need Jesus, the same compassion, the same love, the same, the same overwhelming um, peace that we have? How can they not receive that? How can I not be the voice that goes to those people and tell them? How can I not be the voice in my own church to tell people? This is what God has for you. This is what God wants to do for you. Let go of that. I have no, I have, people say I have no hair in my tongue. They always say that. They say, you know, and I told, I told a friend of ours here, I said, it's not that I have no hair in my tongue. It's that I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. And I don't tell you the truth to hurt you. I tell you the truth so that you can be free. Because I know what it is to smell like fish. In a spiritual way. In the name of Jesus. I know what it is to be in that place where I'm asking, please forgive me, Lord. Please give me another chance. Please open a door for me. Please make it happen this time. Please make people forgive me. Let people see me the way you see me. And God hears that. He hears every cry from the wicked to the the saved. He hears our cry. And God wants to do something in sanctuary fellowship. I'm going to speak about us right now. I really believe that God wants to do something wonderful in this church. I'm not just saying that to pump you up because if it wasn't happening, I'd be out the door real fast. If things weren't right here and things are wicked and evil and it's false and that's the I would leave. Just like I left other churches. But in my spirit, I know God is about to do something wonderful for us. I believe there's opportunities for everyone here to do something to build this kingdom up. But God, like I said before, God smells something. Something ain't right. And it's unforgiveness. How can I not love my sister and my brother? How can I not love my blood? How can I not love you guys? When people, I come around in the mornings and I like to shake people's hands. And I don't do that to be religious and stuff like that. I'm actually happy to see you. There was a time where I didn't care if you came or not. I'll be real. I didn't even care. I'm like, oh, yeah? 
They did. I'm like, I don't care. My wife would tell me, oh, you know this sister? I was like, I'm, I said, I'm watching football. What do you I didn't care because I had no compassion because I know what it felt to be treated like garbage and be hurt. So I lived with that hurt. That, that was like my crutch. This frustration. But God wants to heal us today. Overwhelming, overwhelming love. That reckless love upon us today. It's time to be free, y'all. We went to Wednesday night um, prayer the other day. It was just a, a wonderful thing, connecting with each other and just praying and just... And when I was up with Jose, and Jose's from the um, Spanish church, and we were both praying, and he was praying. I didn't know what he was saying, I don't really know Spanish. But I really know. But I just, I just felt it coming off of him, what he, was, what he wanted to do, what he was trying to, what I was trying to understand him to say. I just felt the presence of God, and I was just like, yo, this guy, I'm feeding off this guy. He's got me pumped. I didn't want to sit down. Let's just take the mic. My turn. Let's go again. That's the way we're supposed to be with each other. Iron sharpens iron. Are you not that for me? When I see you, I have to, make, I have to go like this and go around. It's okay. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, no. Stink attitude. God bless you. God bless you. Stink attitude. Is that what we're supposed to be in the body of Christ? I think I said this before a long time ago about stink attitudes. But I'm, I'm, I'm really, the, the Holy Spirit is really dealing with this today because he doesn't want to cause calamity in this place. He doesn't want division in this place. He doesn't want us to be weakened and, and, and burdened by someone else's nonsense or unforgiveness. I think I had that scripture in Ephesians. Can you put that scripture up in Ephesians? For this, this is why, how we got saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a, it is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. There is no way we can boast on the things that God does for us. I don't care how many shoes we get or how many times we pray or how we, we sound good. It is a gift of God that we've been saved. And that we're not in the belly of a whale. That we're not broken out in the street. That we're not smoking crack or smoking weed or... Acting like we rappers on, on, on one, on one, what's that school, 125? I used to be acting like I was a rapper when I smoked weed. Thank God I'm not that no more. Thank God I don't live that life no more. Thank God I'm not angry when I see my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, that we had a thing, there was a thing that we do in our house all the time. And um, every time, we don't know everything someone does. I don't know everything my kids do. I just hope that they're doing the right thing. I'm not shouting them out because it's for me. My wife did it to me one time. Um... There's a thing where if something's detrimental to them and that can harm them and hurt them, the Lord reveals it to us. And we'll have a dream about something, and I'm like, yo, we need to talk to you. What's going on about this? And they'd be like, yep, this is happening. This is happening. And it has the same thing for me. My wife would say, I think the reason why God keeps showing these dreams about people is not so you could complain, but it's you could intercede. And that word intercede, I was like, what is that? <laughs> intercede? I know what it was, but I was like, I don't do that. Intercede? And she's like, you need to intercede for the body of Christ. So I asked God, Lord, how can I intercede for people that I don't really know where they're going? I don't really, I don't have that compassion like that. If I'm praying for somebody, I could pray for them. But I'm like, oh, go to sleep now. Like, you know, you ever pray and go to sleep all the time? Like when you really, God's calling you to pray is when you get the most tired. I don't care if it's during the day. You're just like nodding out. Like, it's like during the afternoon. That's the enemy, man. <laughs> but, but I asked God to give me compassion. And the Lord gave me a dream. And this is going to tie into my word for the year, which I told you is crazy. If you think I'm crazy, look at the word. In the dream, I was walking with a crowd. It was people from the church. It was all of us, like, walking. And it was like my, everybody would go to a different section. Like, it was like their time to God. To, it's almost like Star Wars. Have you ever seen Star Wars? <laughs> yes. I'm always going to do a Star Wars reference. 
And let me, let me tell you, I'm, I'm putting a savings account to go to Disney World next year because they opened up a Star Wars World. So I'm going to do a MyFundMe page so you guys can help me. Right, babe? My kids don't have to go. I'm, I'm going. Anyway, um, <laughs> which is expensive. I'm going. I have to go. But, but I asked, um, so I was, so, so like Star Wars, in Star Wars, every Jedi had to get to a point where um, he encounters something in order to take him to, like, to the next stage to know where, where his goal is and stuff. So it was my time to go to, to a section. I went to a section where everything was dark. It was just all black walls. And I, I felt like there was like kind of almost like a wickedness or evil that was over these people that were trying to keep them stagnate and keep them in a place where they cannot be free. So I couldn't see the people. So what I did was I opened my hands. And check this out. This is where the crazy comes out. It's a long dream, but I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you this part. And um, I opened my hands and Skittles started flying out of my hands. And I remember the dream when it was like, shh, you just hear all the Skittles falling out. And all of a sudden, I see people coming out the walls. And they started picking the Skittles up and started eating the Skittles and started rejoicing. And Jesus. Started rejoicing and worshiping God. And I asked God, I was like, when George said about the word. So I said, oh, my word is promised because I was thinking Skittles is like rainbows. You know, it says taste the rainbow. So I said, oh, my word is promise. He said, nah, it's Skittles, because if, it, if I tell you it's a promise, you're going to forget it real quick. But if you taste and, see that I, taste and see that I am good, you will never retract that. You'll always remember. And the Lord said that this year, you're going to taste of his goodness. Is the long-awaited promises... That have not been there for us, it's going to come to pass. But at the title of my message, is not just for me, it's for you too. And the reason why I was, Skittles coming on my hands, was because whatever God's going to do for me, he's going to do for you. And everything that, when God made the promise to Noah, he said, I made a covenant. That in the sky, you will always know that I, my, my promise to you. And in that, he said, be fruitful and multiply. I don't know who that's for. If it's a personal thing for you, who won't multiply? Because me and my wife took that scripture literally. Yeah. That's her testimony. I have five kids. I can't be doing that. I got five kids. You ever hear her say that all the time? <laughs> I don't say that. But anyway. But it's, a, it's, it's to be fruitful and multiply. How can we be fruitful in this church and multiply if we don't have compassion for other people? If I don't want to share in the goodness that God has done for me. How can I share that with the world that doesn't know Jesus, that they're in darkness, ready set up for where their judgment is almost there already, but my message of goodness and grace and mercy of God can change their situation? How can I shut up my mouth? And I say it to you, how can I shut up my mouth to this church knowing that I know that people are angry at each other, that I was angry at people in this church? So I always say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being angry. I'm sorry for not being compassionate to people and not understanding. But it's a new day, y'all. It's a new day. And I know we, I always talked about my wife when um, George got his uh, pastor friend to come and preach. And he was like, it, it may not happen this year. And I was like, all I heard was, it may not happen this year. It may, I, I forgot everything he said in the term. All I heard was, it may not happen this year. And I was like, nah, not again. Again? So I took his sermon with a grain of salt, you know, like, oh, I take that part, I take that part. But I believe God is going to do it, y'all. 
I believe he's going to break through in our lives like never before. That's why I encourage you to come out to Wednesday night prayers. Let's go in that battlefield and pray with each other. Let's uplift each other. Let's encourage each other. If you got some Nineveh that you need to go to and, sh- and forgive, you, I think you should do that. I think if there's someone that's uh, harmed you or hurt you, you need to forgive. I'll be, in love and in mercy, if you need to correct somebody, you need to correct them. But in love and mercy, knowing that your words and kindness and compassion will transform them and change them. There's scriptures for that. You can read the scriptures about it. You bring a witness and all that stuff. Do that stuff. God wants to bring communication with each other in such a wonderful way. I, 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 try, to, I try to always do this in my life. I try to always, if you do me wrong, I try to go to you as quick as possible to deal with that. I never was that kind of person. I'll hold on to bitterness and I'm like, I don't like them. Well, they sick me. That's because, you know, they talk to me like that. Nah, I'm being real. A lot of people do that. A lot of people pray prayers, yo, that are not of God. Lord, striking him so he could learn a lesson. You know, like, come on, what's going on? Like, but I believe in our hearts that God wants to do something great. Forgive. Let it go. Right? That, that Disney movie was big because of that, that thing, that one song, let it go. And I'm not saying, like, you let it go when you let somebody walk all over you because God gives you wisdom how to deal with things. I ain't telling you to be best. If I'm going to be best friends, I know someone's going to push me in the tracks. If you know they're going to push you in the tracks, you forgive them, show mercy to them, but I'm going to have mercy for you when you're standing by the tracks. Amen? It's a new day. I just want to call the worship team to come up. The first thing I want to do is that if you don't know Jesus today, you don't know this God that's forgiving and merciful and compassionate, I want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus today. He's a good God. People are not good sometimes, but God is good. And if someone hurt you in the church or there were pastors or leaders or anything like that, that was not Jesus, that was them. Don't, don't use them. I know sometimes in the Bible, like where Moses struck the rock, they get the impression that this is who God is, but that's not who God is. God is loving and compassionate, understanding. And when he corrects us, he corrects us in love. Because he knows. I spoke this word today because he knows that you're about to change. He knows your situation that you've been holding on to is going to be broken free. And that weight that you've been carrying for so long and that, that frustration you've been carrying for so long about these things is going to fall right off. So I just want everybody to stand. I just want to encourage you to stop running today. Stop running. The more you run, the more that has an effect on everyone around you. Like I said before, when Jonah was in that boat, when that storm came, all those people were fearing and worried about what's going on. How is this happening? Because Jonah was running. And the longer you run, though God's mercy and grace is there for you to rescue you when you call out to him, and he's there to protect you, people get affected by that, y'all. People around you get affected. So I pray that today that you will go to God and say, Lord, whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm frustration, whatever I'm running from, Lord, I pray that you will put a fire in my belly of compassion for my brother and my sister, for the lost ones. For the racist people out there, for the mean people, the prisoners, the criminals, the abusers. All these people have done us wrong. Lord, I pray you give me compassion for these people. So that when the opportunity comes, 
and you call me to share a message to them, that I will do it in love. Amen? Amen. So the worship team, you can go do your thing. Amen, amen. Somebody bless the Lord in here. There is still promises to come. You're worthy, Lord.
just say that together. Your promise is. Your promise is to me. Oh, your promise is to me. Oh, Lord, say your promise is to me. Oh, your promise is to me. You will always be. Come on, every time you just say. You will always be more than enough for me. You will always be said. You will always be more than enough for me. Nothing to say. Nothing's gonna stop the plans you made. Nothing's gonna take your love away. You will always be more than enough for me. You will always be said. You will always be more than enough for me.
Father, because the truth is that you are relentless in your pursuit for us, oh God. But even more so that you use us in your run after those that need you, oh God. Because you use us as your voice. We are your hands. We are your feet. We are your people. And some may never encounter you, but they will encounter us. And we pray that when we encounter those, that we would be in a place so full of your spirit, oh God, that they would see you, oh God. And they would know that you are real and that your promises are true, oh God. And that they would see, Father, how loving you are, oh God, because of our interaction, oh God. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. We just want to continue to enjoy, Father, your presence even after we leave this place, Lord. So, Father, we commit to stay in your presence, oh God, this entire week, oh God. Father, visit us, oh God, whether it's in a long time when we have in fellowship, we pray that you would be the focus of the fellowship, that the fellowship would not be full of gossip, oh God, would not be full of tearing down, but of building up, oh God, that it would be true fellowship only when you are the focus, when you are the subject, oh God. In Jesus' name, we love you. You are blessed. Continue to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week.